Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. So great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We've got a great show for you today. I want to introduce you to someone um, that, you know, when I talk about people that are out in the world and are taking on the hard conversations, I'll tell you what, Dr. Loretta, Dr. Loretta B, as we, we call her, but it's Dr. Loretta Billups is joining me here today. Clinician in the state of California, master's degree in forensic psychology, uh, applied clinical psychology doctorate. Uh, I can go on, but then let's take a look at what she has showed up and done in the world. Deputy Sheriff with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. I bet she knows my friend who was a probation officer there. Uh, but the point is this, when you are doing this and you have a career path like she has, I mean, 12 years in the Sheriff's Department, what is it about your life, your experience, your education, your choices? What is it that led her to where she is today to be both a clinician and a transformational coach? She has many, many modalities she uses to help people with what we now know is that, oh, if you're not thinking this now, this is my opinion, epidemic proportions. When we put depression, anxiety, Ver variations of trauma together, any other mental disorder together, then you add addiction on top of that. Anybody out there that you don't think this is at epidemic proportions right now, raise your hand. Now couple that with what's going on with children, adolescents, you know, all of the various features in the world where people are coming out of three years plus of what seemed like something was not going to end. Mm -hmm. Stress used to mean one thing, but now stress, when you say it, is an understatement for what, what we are seeing, but especially, you know, for what Dr. Loretta Billups is seeing. She is in it every day. She understands what it's like, but more importantly, she understands how to help people. Today, we're going to take this thing on knowing the flags in your relationships. Why? Can't tell you about the statistics. You can Google them. Can't <laughs> tell you about the reports. Read Cosmopolitan. How many people are talking about relationships? How many people are talking about not knowing how to be now coming out, going into COVID? All of these things that change the entire landscape of what you thought you knew about relationships. But here's what you don't know. You don't know the flags because the hardest thing to think about when you're in the middle of the middle, you can't see the flag. You don't even know there's a flag. Right. So today, that's what we're taking on. Right, Dr. B, right? 
Right on, Dr. P. <laughs> <laughs> because isn't it true? I mean, you're going to tell people and we're going to talk about flags today because it's super important we do that. But like when you're in the middle of it, you don't know. There's like even a flag that went up, right? Exactly. Exactly. When you're in the thick of it, you're not thinking about anything else. You're in survival mode, right? You're just trying to get from point A to point B, maybe little bumps along the way. But those things aren't apparent until, right? Until maybe someone points it out to you, until you realize you're looking in the mirror, you don't recognize yourself anymore. Those are when those things start to wear their ugly heads. Yeah. Now, I shared something with you when we were chatting. And what I love about this is everybody around you sees it. Like, right, your friends may see it. They may not say a single word to you. They may not. They may not even allude to the fact that, okay, wait a minute, Pat, your anniversary. So every year on your anniversary, your partner goes on a retreat. Okay. Anybody like, okay. Does that a flag for anybody else? But you see, you're in the middle of it. You don't know it. And we cannot count on our friends. Right. Right. And not only that, we start to make excuses, Right. That's typically what we do. Oh, you know, he needed a break or, you know, whatever. You start to make excuses to justify the behavior. And that's pretty common. Yeah. Especially if it's a spiritual retreat, because you don't want to be battling with spiritual stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Like, oh, he's praying for us. I I know that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about this. Look. I don't even want to get to the place where we talk about when you know a relationship's over. I want to talk about what we're calling red flags. Give us from your perspective some of the things you see that are red flags. And everybody knows the term red flags, right? Correct. I mean, you say red flag, it's like, oh, 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 okay, right? You know, but from your perspective, we don't. We don't say red flags in relationships often enough together, do we? Right. We, we don't. We don't use that terminology. Um, we'll say things like, you know, it's a little awkward. Things are a little weird right now. Things are a little uncomfortable. Um, but we're not going to use the term red flags because I think once you use the term red flags, things just got real. And now I have to face these things that I've spent a lot of time suppressing and ignoring. So we don't say red flags. So Let's start off with this, if you don't mind. Common red flags in a relationship, I would say number one is trust. Mm. Absolutely trust, right? If you have a partner and whether you came into the relationship with trust issues from the previous relationship or something has happened in this relationship where you can no longer trust your partner, that is definitely a cause for concern in any relationship, not being able to trust. Yeah. And I want to break this down a little bit because boy, that is a big word. That is like that, that word right there, that trust word. Oh boy. We need to break it down a little bit because we blow this off. I mean, you know how you said we make up excuses, Mm -hmm. but there's this other thing with trust and we tend to blow it off. What happens when we don't trust ourselves in what we see in a red flag? That's where the problem begins, right? Right. No, okay. They're the common red flags that we see in movies. Really weird stuff, right? Like lipstick on the shirt. Now, you know, whatever you want. But those are like the obvious thing because it's a movie. Right. It's like a TV. 
right? They can't give you a hidden red flag. You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't pay to see the movie. But those are the most obvious things, like consistently late coming home from work, right? Every day, oh, my boss Joe is going to keep like really every day. Oh, or the one that I love is every every week, but it's Friday of every week, every Friday. It's not like any other day, but your boss wants you to stay at work on Friday. Now, work is one of those red flag excuses that most people will blow off because as a partner, you may be going through some of that yourself, right? Right. Aren't those red flags a little bit more difficult to pinpoint? I would, I would definitely agree with you because like you said, we're looking for the, the, the bam, the boom, and it, it may be much more subtle than that. Right. And especially if you want to trust that person mm-hmm. and want this relationship to work out, you're going to ignore those little things. Right. And like you said, you know, like I'm thinking about my previous relationship that I'll share with my ex-husband, you know, it started off, you know, something very tiny, you know, like, and, and some people probably like, oh, that was it. But when we first started dating, he told me he wasn't a smoker. And I, I wasn't a smoker. And I was just like, okay, great. And then one day we went to a party and he excused himself and he was taking a little too long. And I went outside to check on him. And he's, and, you know, in the scheme of things, that seems relatively minor, right? But we had a conversation about this. And now I find out that you're a smoker, but of course I excused it. Oh, maybe it's just an after dinner refresher or something. And then it just continued to escalate after that. Right. Like I said, that's relatively minor. However, it was still something that I didn't agree, agree with. Right. Yeah. 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 I got to tell you in a lot of relationships now, that is a, that is a game changer. Right. The whole smoking thing now, the world we live in, that yeah. would be like, oh, no, you don't. Right. That <laughs> right. would be no, you just didn't do that. OK, right. but that's trust. We're going to stay with trust a little bit more. But there are other things that we need to look at here. Give us a couple more. I mean, and then, of course, there's the thing. The thing. There's. There's the country western song i could think i'm telling you i'm just sitting right here and i'm thinking of a couple of them <laughs> you know the cheating songs do you uh-huh. know that one that uh-huh. uh-huh. and you're running it down the guys co- right but let's talk about that because people don't see infidelity as a flag but it is isn't it it is a flag it's absolutely a flag um and for most people honestly that is a deal breaker Right. Once we find out that our loved one has cheated on us, it is the deal breaker for some, not so much. But I would say that infidelity is is very common in relationships. And um, again, it goes back to making excuses for that person. Oh, late. Like you said, working late on a Friday night, um, but constantly working late on a Friday night. Or maybe they are um, out with the boys. Oh, that's one good. Right. Or the girls. Or the girls. girls. Absolutely. I don't want to be biased because infidelity goes both ways. Um, And actually, I I think, you know, in the past, they would say that men are the the ones that cheat more. But I think women have caught up, honestly. They're on on their way. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I think women, honestly, if I'm being truthful, are just a little more creative in terms of infidelity and maybe don't get caught 
as often or as quickly as males, but definitely uh, women are obviously cheating as well. But infidelity is a big one and no one likes to talk about it. And I suspect because of the fear, the shame, the judgment, all those things you go within and you don't want to deal with it. You know what I love in talking about this? And we're going to go to the next one because, uh, you know, part of these is we're going to go through a number of these items you brought up for us. But you know what I love about this one? It's the one where your friends look at you one day and say, didn't you meet that person because they were cheating on their ex uh, with you? Mm. Okay. But that's not a flag because Mm. like they were doing with me. Yes. But that is still a flag. And, and we want to hope that people change. So I'm not saying people don't change. Right. But all this is part of what gives us some of these things to be mindful of. What are a couple more of your red flags here that pop up for you? So a couple more red flags is definitely someone who's self-absorbed, right? So all about me. It's the me show. It's the Dr. B show. It's all about me right? Someone who lacks empathy, uh, definitely commitment issues. I'm not saying that every relationship you have to be like, okay, this is the one, but someone who kind of pushes back and is not interested in commitment, that is definitely something to look forward to. Lacks ambitions or goals. Um, I definitely think that conversations need to be had early on in relationships to make sure that we are on the same path. You know, if you are headed to London, and I'm here to Zimbabwe, we probably want to have a conversation about that, right? Yeah. Um, the other one, they are unable to verbalize uh, their needs and their wants. And again, that goes back to communication. Yeah. I mean, and there, this is really, we're bringing something in here that's really, really important. And that is both implicit and explicit what we consider promises in the world of psychology, it's called psychological contracts. And some of these are very difficult to explain, you know, simple things like, Hey, if I come to visit you every week and we stay at your place, why don't I assume that ultimately we'll live together? Well, you can't assume those things. Right. Right. Um, Now we're going to talk more about this. We're going to talk about unhealthy relationships, why we stay, but they're healthy flags, aren't they? Let's get a couple of them out. Absolutely. Well, first off, let's start off. They communicate well. They can tell you their needs and their wants without um, feeling shy about it or mm-hmm. shame about it. They're respectful. They, they have boundaries, right? They can address boundaries within themselves and with you. They are responsible, right? They're not afraid to show their healthy emotions, right? You know, if you're sad one day and you're okay expressing that you're sad, um, maybe you're, you're, you're happy, and you, you want this person to feel part of that joy, right? They make realistic goals and those goals have you in it even better, right? So those are some of the healthy flags and they are truly rooting for you, right? Yeah. Dr. B, look, before we go further, cause we're gonna really break this down now because this is really key to people understanding what they're in the middle of right now. Right. You know, it's one thing that people say, we don't want to look back. We want to, we don't want to go back to where, you know, what was going on, but we need to understand where we are now. Um, What is the best way for people to kind of get a hold of you, to follow you, all of the above? Give us your website if you could. Sure. It's Dr. Billups at cultivatingyourlife.com. And if you might, I'll repeat it. Dr. Billups at cultivatingyourlife.com. 
And by the way, just go over to cultivatingyourlife.com. You're going to see like everything I've talked about regarding Dr. Billups. You're going to see cultivating your life is a coaching program. And I love, I love what, what Dr. B does, where a roadmap to your desires awaits you. That's why we're talking about this and taking this out there right now today. You know, let's just jump ahead for a minute if we could, because there's a couple of things here that I think are really super important to talk about. I know we don't like labels, but you got to be labeling this stuff. Unhealthy relationships. I'm a stayer. I learned how to be a stayer later in life. When I was younger, I was a leaver. Uh, I I went from a leaver to a stayer and didn't know the middle part. Mm -hmm. You didn't. You got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. That's right. right. Well, right. This must be country Western day today, Jacob. <laughs> uh, but, you know, let's talk about it because staying, staying for the right reason makes sense. Staying for not the right reasons doesn't. The word is unhealthy relationships because when you can see yourself or discover I am in an unhealthy relationship, boy, then you got it. That's where the rubber meets the road. Tell right. us. Tell us, first of all, how you define an unhealthy relationship, what that might look like, and then why do we stay in there? Well, let me share this with you. Um, yeah. because I think it's important to realize just because I'm traveling this road as a relationship coach, that doesn't mean that I didn't have my struggles in a relationship. I also would say that I started out as the one that stayed um, because, you know, you believe in love, right? And especially when you have children involved. Um, you really just try to make it work. Um, and so with my ex-husband, who I shared with you was a smoker, or whatever, he was a, a lot of other things. He was also a good father, you know what I mean? But wasn't the best husband for me. Yeah. And so I think and for me and for other relationships, the reasons why we stay is complacency. You start to normalize these things. Um, you also, for financial reasons, right? Um, I was the, the breadwinner at one point. However, I still needed his income to help me survive, to pay, yeah. you know, for this lifestyle that we had. And trust me, it was nothing fancy, but we just needed to eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I do. Religious, yeah, religious reasons. A lot of people stay in there for religious reasons. You know, you, d- divorce is frowned upon in some uh, cultures. Um, self-esteem. Self-esteem was, is an issue. I know for me, that was the one that stuck out really with me. I didn't feel really, really good about myself. And another thing I think uh, with a lot of women is no one else is going to want me. Yeah. No one else is going to love me. So I'll just, I'll just stick with this guy and yeah. that's it. Um, but to further answer your question, you, when you're in a relationship, I think you know what you could handle you know what your deal breakers are. And some things, yes, we can work through, right? You can work through infidelity. You can work through trust. You know, you can work through finances, right? And you may have the gusto to do that. But I also say that some things that for me, you can't work through is abuse. Whether physical, sexual, or emotional abuse, those things to me are, you need to start making an exit 
Yeah. And let's talk, I want to I hit the pause button because we need to dig a little deeper on this one. Now, I know that you and I probably do whole shows on this, but we need to talk about this for a little bit. You know, what we, what we learn in the world, at least from a woman's perspective, and you study women and you study women of different groups right out in the world. This is the, this is the tough one because there's a syndrome that goes on between the abuser and, and those that are being abused. And people don't get it. They don't see it. They're not in the middle of it. They don't understand how do you how do you stay in that? You know, because you're how do you stay in it? Well, that's because we don't understand the dynamic here. What is the number one thing that may keep you staying? And that is the promise of change. I will change. I will never do it again. I will never say that to you. I will never hit you again. Right. You know, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That speaks volumes because we want to believe in your partner. You want to believe in the human race, right? Because you took a vow or maybe if you're not married, you believe this person loves you and wants the best for you, right? And then they abuse you. And it always comes after the apology. They I'll never do it again. Um, I was just having a bad day, whatever having. And you believe them, right? Yeah. You believe that they're going to change and you're going to work through. And then they make all these empty promises. And then you're right back where you started from. Yeah. I mean, the most dangerous combination of things outside of, and we'll talk about narcissism in a minute, but the most narcissists don't really do what I'm about to say. They're, they're way too shrewd to do this, but what I'm about to say, this, this is the perfect storm, alcohol or addiction abuse, verbal abuse Mm -hmm. and physical abuse. Mm -hmm. Now, generally that is the trifecta of people that are in abusive situations. And when you have that trifecta, it is really, really hard to see your way out because once your partner's not using, they're like that great person that I signed up to be with, right? Exactly, exactly. All of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh my God, he's, he's, he's seeing all these things. He's doing all these things without the drugs and alcohol. He's amazing, but the drugs and alcohol are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are some game changers, you know, and we'll talk about that. But unhealthy relationships, we stay in them and we do stay in them. We stay in them for socio and economic situations. We stay in them because we don't think we can be out on our own. We stay in them because the shame and the guilt from even our friends knowing about these things. even that may not be enough to have a marriage or a relationship breakdown. What do you see when you hear my marriage is not working? My relationship's not working. You know, what is that straw that breaks the camel's back? If there is such a thing, or is it more like a slow boil? I think in my, in my experience is never just the one thing. It's, it's always the snowball. Yeah. You know, because in the beginning, we start off, again, making excuses and whatever have you. It's a combination. It's one thing after another. You get tired of those broken promises. You get tired of saying, I'll do better. I'll be I'll be better. I'll be here for you. I'll be here for the kids, whatever. I think it's just a combination. And you start to realize that this is never going to change. Yeah. And at this point, you might be 10 years in. You know, but I think I don't think it's just one thing. I think it's everything. 
Yeah. I, one of the most difficult couples that I coached once upon a time, and I don't coach couples anymore. I just don't have the time. That I'll leave to you. Bring but one of, you, you can have it. But this one was really hard for me. And they had made a written agreement that yeah, everything was in writing. They, had the, they were just like, we got the agreements. I'm like, okay. But the one thing they had in the agreement was neither one of them could gain more than 10 pounds. Oh. So I remember seeing that in there. Yeah. And then I'm not going to say which partner one of them did. And that was the agreement came out. That was grounds for divorce. And hmm. there was nothing that I, I mean, I witnessed something so profoundly interesting and yet painful to watch right. because First of all, if you're the one gaining the 10 pounds, you probably don't feel good about that. Exactly. But to find yourself in divorce court over it. Right. right? Sure. And yet on the other side of the fence is, look, we had this agreement. We, right. I, I, I kept this agreement. I lost my job, but I worked three jobs because my agreement was I was going to make this amount of money. Right. And you can't keep off 10 pounds. I mean, doesn't this sound silly, but it's important for people. I'm just giving you one thing. You must see a million of these a day. Right. And, and, and like you said, although that may come off as like superficial, that was the agreement. That was the agreement. That was you, that's what you signed up for. Right. Yep. But I would say that <clears throat> the main reasons that I see people or people are coming to me is because they're not getting along and yep. the reasons vary. Right. Yep. Um, to contractual agreements, you know, you said you do these things at the beginning of the relationship, you're no, you're no longer doing it. Or I had one couple, she felt really isolated in her relationship. Um, and he, he couldn't understand. He was like, I'm here. I'm, when I'm not at work, I'm with you. And her response was, yeah, you're here, but you're there. And the other, yeah. we're, not, we're not communicating. You know, you come home, you go straight to bed. I'm waiting up for you, right? So there's there's so many reasons people are seeking relationship coaching. And a lot of it is just, you know, breakdown. They're, they're yeah. just, they don't yeah. know where else to go. Well, I want to ask you this. We're going to take a short break. But before we do, I'd like for you to tell people how they can find out more about you. But tell them a little bit about the coaching that you do do. Because you do you do more than one thing. I, I made a comment to you that uh, I really acknowledge you for being a clinician. Because it was very difficult for me to do that. Um, some people are made out for it and some people are not. You're made, you're made to help people. How can people find out more about you? And then when we come back from break, we're going to talk about the dreaded, okay, fasten your seatbelt, childhood experiences. Ooh, good stuff. But I know. I, <laughs> I can laugh now. How do we find out about you? How do people work with you? Okay. So again, you can go to my website, which is cultivatingyourlife.com. You can email me at dr.billups at cultivatingyourlife.com. And so I'm, I'm a relationship and mental health coach. And as you stated, I'm a clinician. So by day, I work with individuals who are seriously mentally ill, right? We have 
um, suicidality, depression, anxiety, your um, personality disorders, schizophrenia. That's the hat I wear by, by day. And then the other part of my day is breaking into this, right? Working mm-hmm. with couples or individuals who are struggling in relationships, whether they're currently in a relationship, maybe divorce has come up, maybe they're trying to get into relationship or in the terms of mental health, maybe they're lacking motivation. You know, I, I'm not necessarily diagnosing as a mental health coach, but we're looking for those, yeah. those things that don't, you're, you're no longer able to get out of bed. Right. You just don't have the fire that you used to. And my goal as a coach, whether it's relationship or mental health, is to A, hold you accountable. B, we're going to figure out what these goals are. And then we're going to take that road to get to those goals. Yeah. And that's why when we come back, seriously important to talk about childhood. We're going to say childhood experiences, but they shape things. Part of this, though, is understanding childhood experiences and some other things that fall into the mental health category. And Dr. B is going to help us walk that line. What am I referring to? One of the most thrown around terms these days is narcissist. Yet there's a fundamental difference between narcissistic traits and narcissistic personality disorder. When we come back, childhood experiences Can you break free? Let's take a short break, Jacob. We'll be right back. Are you living life in full expression? Join me, Beth Wolf, on Life in Full Expression each Monday at noon Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com to learn how to explore, elevate, expand, and live your best life. Discover the seven dimensions of life blueprint of expression. Get ready to fully express, develop your limitless capacity, and experience amazement to become an igniter and inspire. Visit BethWolf.com to discover the dynamic coaching of life in full expression. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am the creator of the Transformation Network, doing what we do in the world of positive radio, informed, educated, positive media. Independent radio hosts and independent networks have been the face of positive messaging over the past decade. So all of us here have decided we're going to put together an independent network that is going to enable people to bring their positive message of hope, inspiration, and conscious action to the forefront. Help us create a future of amazing, uplifting stories that can be told so we can tell our children and they can tell their children of what hope and conscious action is all about. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Take us with you on your morning commute. Download your favorite shows and listen anytime. Just visit TransformationTalkRadio.com. Melissa Johnson is a certified life coach, author, speaker, and creator of WOW Ministries, Worship Over Worry, designed to give you the tools needed to live a life of purpose. You have a choice daily to worry about your life and give up the fight or decide to worship God through your pain and triumph victoriously. Melissa Johnson offers a variety of books, curriculums, and programs to guide you through a self-discovery journey. 
Book your consultation with Melissa Johnson today at wowministriesllc.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Okay, here's the deal. Dr. Loretta Billups, Dr. B. But I'm saying more than that. Today's show is about knowing the flags in your relationships. This is seriously important right now. You know, we went through a really tough period in time, Dr. B, where I, I remember um, 2000, I think it was seven, eight, nine, or eight, nine, and 10 that we went through. I, I, I don't know what they called it. I don't, I don't, we, we had government call it like the great, whatever they want to call it, betrayal, the whole Wall Street breakdown, mm-hmm. really just crushing, right? People by the masses and millions, high paid people losing their jobs, right? For the first time, instead of blue collar people, white collar people, or whatever you want to call them, upper middle class, they were like gone. Yeah. And relationships were tested. And yet we came out of that thing and nobody talked about the damage. Nobody talked about the damage to children. Nobody talked. And we are on the verge of making the same mistake. Now, good news, bad news. We are not coming out of COVID. Contrary to what you might read, people are still getting COVID. It's, it's, it's affecting things. It has put extraordinary stress, especially on relationships. Everything from one partner believing in a vaccine and the other didn't. I'm telling you, people have gotten divorced over yes. this. Yes. But here's what we're going to talk about now. Why? How? I, I was going to start to break out in a Tina Turner song. I was, I was going to be breaking out what's love got to do with it. But, but I'm going to say, what's childhood got to do with it? Childhood, we don't go back to see, really? You're reacting to that in that way? But can we look at childhood and get some clues here? Absolutely. Absolutely. Childhood, I mean, the experiences that we have as children honestly can make us or break us as adults. And that is in every capacity, not just a relationship, but in a lot of things that we do in life. I'll share with this story really quickly because please, really, it really, I think will help people understand. So my, my mother, we're from a small country called Belize, right? It's right under Mexico near Guatemala. She was raised in the era of children are to be seen and not heard. What do you think that did to her and as an adult? She shies away from any sort of conflict. She doesn't communicate well. And when she does try to get her point across, she responds with frustration, anger, right? Because she doesn't know how to have a conversation without getting upset. Because what What are we trying to do? We're trying to get our needs met, right? We're trying to be heard. We're trying to be validated. But because her childhood was riddled with children are to be seen and not heard, she has a difficult time communicating. A lot of things we experienced in in our childhood, trauma, abandonment, 
that infamous trust, right? All those things, unfortunately, we can carry into adulthood and into our relationships. Here's the thing I love about this. First of all, it's excruciatingly painful mm-hmm. when you when I think about that story. And my mom came from the same place, mm-hmm. you know. However, my mom was feisty, <sighs> and my dad tried to keep. I mean, my dad tried to keep her under his thumb, but she was feisty. Mm-hmm. I now know why that that side. I now know why my mom's side of the family was feisty. I I I now know they were. My grandfather was born in Brazil. They were, they had a, they came from a different culture and it was a secret yeah. and it stayed a secret, actually right. stayed a secret even beyond their death. I found out cause I like did ancestry thing, but my mom couldn't take it. And she said to my dad, I, I, I want to, I want you to buy me that store around the corner because that's what I want to do. I want to have like a soda shop back then. I want to be out there with the jukebox. But that didn't make up for his infidelity. Mm-hmm. And it caused her to have a, a mental breakdown. It caused her mental illness and ultimately suicide. We are talking about things today that can come from our childhood that are showstoppers. Right. Absolutely. I mean, think about it, right? Your parents are your first loves, right? They're your caregivers. These are people we're supposed to trust. These are people that should have our best interests at heart. And it doesn't always work out that way. And when you really think about it and dig down deeper, if you if they were to open up and they would share their childhood trauma, you would probably yeah. sit with your mouth wide open. Because what yeah. happens is it tends to be a generational thing. Yeah. And not enough conversations are being had about these cycles of abuse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We yeah. bury them. And for whatever the reasons are, shame, culture, whatever have you, we just don't talk about it. And then we just leave it to the next generation to figure it out. Yeah. And by the way, we have to acknowledge Oprah Winfrey. And I I will do this again, you know, not because of her accomplishments, but because of one thing in particular, the days that she came out about her own personal family history, that opened the door for so many of us. Because if we can look like a woman, a powerful woman, successful woman like Oprah, and we find out that, wow, this is where she came from. Aretha Franklin. I mean, look, many, 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 many people we find out about. We find out about these things. But then what does it give us? Right, Dr. B? It then gives us permission to say, I'm not crazy. Right. Absolutely. This happened to me. So let's turn this around. Let's talk about, you know, these are childhood experiences, but you know, we're talking about relationships. Now we're talking about when it's time to walk away. We're talking about how to reestablish lines of communication, but there's maybe some points you get in the road where you have exhausted the list <laughs> that Dr. Loretta Billups has given you. And there's just no more there's nothing else left on the list you're just going through the list five times and you're like hello dr b i'm just not seeing it so can you talk about when it's time to walk away and what some types of partners would get you to do that no they're not going to get you but when you see them you just have to go 
Absolutely. Um, first of all, I just want to be clear that when it's time to walk away, it's completely individualized, right? My deal breaker may not be your deal breaker. And so we need to understand that. And I also believe that internally, we know when enough is enough. But again, for me, what I've seen when it's time to walk away is definitely goes back to the, to the being abusive. That is the main one that I've seen in my experience. And mostly it's the emotional abuse, believe it or not, um, as opposed to the physical abuse, you know, the, the put down, the gaslighting, all the shame that comes with that is the emotional, is the emotional, because I think that's what got us in the relationship in the first place is the emotional connection. And then the physical comes after. And that's the same thing that's going to get us to leave is that emotional breakdown of the relationship. Mm. Yeah. All right. I got to talk about this a little bit because I did mention it before the break. Uh, one of the most used and I believe overused words is narcissist. Yes. Now, I want to hear your take on it. I'll tell you my take on it is there are narcissistic traits. Now, I got to tell you, nine year olds are using this term. Hello. Yeah. Don't even know what that is. But there are traits and then there there is how should we call it the real deal the real it's like when more it's like when more uh, morpheus in in the matrix says welcome to the real well welcome to the real is you're in a relationship with somebody that the psychology world calls npd Correct. can you talk about the differences because you have to know each may be equally painful but one you probably can escape the other one. You really need to get Dr. B to help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, narcissistic personality disorder or narcissist has been thrown around a lot lately, right? Everyone is a narcissist. Um, however, <laughs> narcissistic personality disorder is really hard to diagnose. The only reason I say that is because a true narcissist will not go into a clinician's office to get a diagnosis because there's nothing wrong with them. It is you, not me. If they're there, they're there because I think you said they're checking out the. <laughs> they, the I, I went into the therapy with a narcissist, right? <laughs> Why were they there? Oh, they, they honestly, the therapist was a new game. Ah, uh, was a new game. Yeah. Like this is a hot therapist. This is right. a new. How, am I a chunk? You know, and look. There's danger afloat with some of this. Exactly. Because we also use the term in, in psychology, sociopath, mm -hmm. right? Almost every television thing that's on right now has some version of a sociopath. <laughs> or a psychopath. Or a psychopath. Right. But there's harm that can be, you can be harmed from being in the realm of somebody that has or is really a narcissist in the truest form, can't you? Absolutely, you can. Um, I mean, well, let's talk, let me address the traits because I didn't get a chance to do yeah, that. do it, do it. So some of the traits you'll see with someone who is narcissistic or you believe them to be narcissistic, they're self-centered. They lack empathy. Um, they have this excessive need for admiration. The world will revolves around them and them only. They're condescending. They're entitled. They're selfish, manipulative. I mean, the list goes on and on. Arrogant. Um, and, and just 
arrogant in their behavior, right? Um, and so you'll pick up on some of these things in relationships, but it, it needs to be just not one, right? It's, it's a couple of these things put together. And then we can start having the conversation about truly what you're dealing with. There's a reason to really look at this and understand it. Um, you and I both know in the fields we study in, I put up a hissy fit to my American Psychology Association, the American Psychological Association. And it had to be about three or four years ago. I don't remember now, maybe longer when they were going to declassify NPD and they were going to declassify it because the rule in psychology is when something becomes so normal, it's not abnormal. And a bunch of us just said, oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. Because you, as an organization, first of all, you don't really understand it. Can't find therapists like you, Dr. B, that actually can even talk about it and understand the difference, right? Right. But that was such a shock. Why? Because there are those of us that understand what the damage is that could be done. Are those showstoppers? Because I mean, isn't that one of those things where you got to look at something and say, I got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, when you are in a relationship with a narcissist, there's a lot of damage evidence. Guaranteed that your self-esteem is going to go from here to there because they're really, really good at putting you down. The other thing is you're going to absolutely feel like you're going crazy. Because they're they're very manipulative, they're they will unfortunately destroy everything you probably worked really hard in terms of you know wanted to feel good about yourself, yeah. motivate. They're going to destroy it yeah. because they they thrive off of that. They feed off. It gives them energy. That's the reason they live. And I and I'm probably putting a little extra on it, but they do really thrive off of putting people down. No, you're, you didn't put it. You're not putting any extra on it because th this is about supply and demand. Yeah. They're demanding you're the supply and Absolutely. it's a never ending. You can never meet it. Right. But here's what I love about what you said, because this really gets to the next point. We will probably do a show on this or we could, but you can Google this. There are people out there that have come out that I, I got it. My hat goes off to Melanie Tanya Evans, who was one of the first no psychology degree at the time, but came out and drew a line in the sand on this. Right. And that had to be over 10 years ago. And, you know, now we know more, but you in the field of psychology, you've studied this and you know that we have more to do as clinicians and practitioners to help people understand it. But this gets me to the last thing I think we should talk about. And it goes back, goes back to that song. You got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. How do you know, how do you know when it's really over? I think if you have exhausted everything, you have tried to communicate with this person and let them know that these behaviors are affecting you. I think that when you have had multiple conversations surrounding that thing, whatever that thing is for you guys. Yeah. Um, I think when you have reached and asked for help, whether it's therapy, counseling, or coaching, and that didn't work, I think it's time to walk mm -hmm. away. Um, 
And walking away, I want people to really understand there's no shame in walking away. You're not a failure. That wasn't a failed relationship, right? That was some teachable experiences that you can either use to make sure you get into a healthy relationship. Maybe you could have conversations with your loved ones, you know, things that they need to look for because you've experienced it. Our children, you know what I mean? Depending on their age um, and their mentality, you know, help guide your children. Like, hey, you know, I'm noticing this individual does certain things. Probably want to, you know, maybe not date them or whatever have you. I know I have with my children. I have two daughters. One is 26 and one is 23. And, you know, they're dating, they're in relationships or whatever. And the things that I've experienced, I share with them because I want them to do better. You know, as any parent, you want them to do better than you did, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Look, we can look at our parents. We can look at past relationships. We can look at our friends. But the main thing is we have to look at ourselves. And it really brings me back to a couple of things you talked about earlier. I can't emphasize enough what you said earlier. And that is you got to learn to communicate up front, not on day 1000, but on day one. And it is very difficult to do if you don't know how to do it. I encourage people. It's never too late to work with, uh, you know, Dr. B, to work with somebody that is going to help you understand what the dialogue is. Because if you're not communicating up front, people think that it gets easier. It doesn't get easier in relationship. No. It's, it's the cigarette smoking out in the hallway that just exposes, right? Right. One aspect of that. Right. But let's just take a minute in the time we have left as to how communication becomes a very giant, healthy, shining, bright light flag. It's like a flag with with twinkle lights on it. Right, right. So like you said, communication needs to begin on day one. There's no reason for us to wait till the 10th day and then you let them know, by the way, I don't like cats. And I know you have a cat, but (laughs) right, we need to be very... (laughs) open in in the communication because it's not just about um you know what this other person what I want them to to get out of me is what you want right and why would you put yourself in a situation where you know you're not going to be happy so be honest tell them what you're looking for in in the relationship tell them what you're hoping for and it's never too soon to to have that conversation i think i was having a conversation with someone not too long ago and they were going on their first date and they're asking me like what should we talk about like should we talk about marriage or whatever have you and i'm like well why not you're not proposing but my thing is this why am i gonna wait two three months four months down the line to have these conversations when i know what i want Right. So I'm going to communicate it. And if you're the one for me, then we're going to finish this dinner and we're going to have many more dates to come. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's putting that information out there, letting the person know what you want, what to expect. And hopefully they do the same. Yeah. It is so important because, you know, look, is it really that you don't like a cat or do you really not like cat hair? See, that's the conversation because if, if the cat's really not a problem for you, but you got some experience with cat hair, then the agreement you make is hire somebody to keep that cat hair down to a minimum. But you see, you're right. If you're not talking about simple, simple things, 
right? I mean, even I, I had a friend that discovered they were not on the same, what's it, bodily clock, right? One of them was an early morning and the other one was a late nighter. Um, and so, hello, what does that mean? That means that you're working during the day. You don't have any me time because you just, you see, this is what I love about what you're bringing to the forefront. You can have these red flags and you can turn them into pink. You may even turn them into a light pink. But if you're not communicating them and you can't see them, there's no place to go, is there? No, no. Exactly. Every, I would say probably 90% of the red flags that I mentioned is something you can work through. Like I said, the ones that are more difficult are the, the abuse, the abuse. But anything you can work through, yeah. if you want it, if you're both willing. Both parties have to be on board. Both parties have to want it and you do the work and no one says it's easy. Nothing yeah. about this is easy. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what you and I know we could talk about this forever, but we've talked about a lot. I'm just saying to all y'all out there that are on these dating sites, please don't worry, wait for date eight to tell this person that you have an ex-husband or wife and two kids. Okay. That is not smart right? We're not saying these are easy conversations. That's by, that's why I have coaches and that's where you coach, isn't it? Right. Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, look, thank you for today. Please let people know how they can get a hold of you. What's your website? They can find out more about you. And then I would love to know your personal message for today. Thank you for today. Sure. So you can get a hold of me at either emailing dr.billups at cultivatingyourlife.com or check out my website, cultivatingyourlife.com. And there just, you can go through and look at the blogs. You can reach me on the website. I'll make sure I go, um, I'll respond within 24 hours. And, you know, I was looking through some things that I wanted to leave this conversation with. And I came across a really nice quote. It says, love is the reason. Lifelong friendship is the gift. Kindness is the cause. Till death do us part is the length. And that's mm. by Fawn Weaver. And I thought that just kind of solidified everything we talked about. Yeah. I want to say something else about you, Dr. B. We're talking about this show happens to be about flags. But I want to say something about Dr. B. Your relationship does not, to be, does not have to be failing mm -hmm. to want to take it to the next level. Right. So not only will, will, will Dr. B help you with all these things, but even more importantly, do you want it to be juicier? Do you want to check out maybe how to get your mojo back? Do yes. you want to figure out how to keep the love alive? Now that you've got three kids hanging around. So That's it right. doesn't have to be gloom and doom. Dr. B has got it going on. Thank you so much for today. Thank you. I want, I want to have that now that I just said it. That's yeah. Come on. Let's do that. Jacob. Thank you so much for everything. Dr. Billups. Thank you. I can't you, wait to the next one. And please, you're going to have more questions than not. Please get a hold of Dr. B directly. She'll answer your questions. She'll be able to help you. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. We we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.